0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, there it says, Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. This is what we're called to. Not returning evil for evil, but blessing. Called to love bless others. Vengeance belongs to God, it doesn't belong
0: to us. In today's message, Pastor Dan will teach on some of the prophecies found in the book of Ezekiel and how they are being fulfilled before our eyes. What a gift we've been given to have the Word of God at our fingertips. As followers of Jesus, we've been given the scripture to grow closer to God and to learn the truth. Nowadays, there's confusion whirling around when it comes to right versus wrong and truth versus lies. Know that God's truth is found in the Bible, and it's available to you today. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 35, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. So anyone who attacks God's people attacks God. Anyone who attacks Christians attacks Jesus Christ. Anyone who attacks Christians is attacking the one who loved and died for his church, for his people. And they will one day answer to Jesus Christ for their actions. Here in verse 13, God says to Edom, all that stuff you said about Israel, you said it about me. And I love the end of verse 13. God basically says, and I want you to know, I heard what you said. (laughs) I, I heard what you said about me. Not about them, about me. And so, verse 14, thus says the Lord God. There's that name again. Thus says the sovereign Lord. Thus says the sovereign God the one who has all power and all authority. The whole earth will rejoice when I make you desolate, Edom. As you rejoice because, of the, because the inheritance of the house of Israel was desolate, so I will do to you. You shall be desolate, O Mount Seir, as well as all of Edom, all of it. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Now there's a couple important biblical principles that we find here in what God says to the Edomites. First of all, first of all, Edom's hatred of Israel led to their destruction. Edom's hatred of Israel led to their destruction. God doesn't want us to hate. God doesn't want us to hate individuals or people or groups or nations. We're not about hate. The people of God, our our message is love. The the message of the gospel is love. The two greatest commandments in the Bible, according to Jesus, are love God and love your neighbor as yourself. All all of it can be summed up in a word. Love, not hate. The opposite of hate. Jesus tells us we should even love our enemies. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 Jesus said love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you pray for those who mistreat you and persecute you the, the christian response is always love always love Romans chapter 12 just a couple other verses about this before we move on Romans chapter 12 verse 14 Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. We've talked about this before. That phrase, you will heap coals of fire on his head. What that means, that's symbolic of God. You're going to bring God's presence into that situation. If you show love and kindness to your enemy. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil... With good. in First Peter, chapter three, verse nine, there it says, "Not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. This is what we're called to. Not returning evil for evil, but blessing. We're called to love, to bless others. Vengeance belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. And so what happened to Edom is is their hatred and their desire for revenge against Israel actually turned against them. And it led to their destruction. Their own hatred destroyed them. Brought about their destruction. A second principle we see Is that Edom received the punishment they had given out? Edom received the punishment they had given out. In other words, uh, what they did to Israel was done to them. The way they judged Israel is the way that they were were judged. You know, God has a way of, of, of turning our treatment of others against us. You ever seen those videos of the kids that have those big, like, styrofoam planes where they throw them and it goes up and it comes back and crashes right into their face? I love those videos. I could watch them all day long and never get tired of them, right? But here's what the Bible says the way that we judge others is the way we're going to be judged. It's like that plane. You're going to throw it out, it's going to come right back at you. The way that we judge others is the way that we will be judged. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, Jesus said, For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Whoa. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. You want to see an example of that? Look at Edom. They, they wanted Israel destroyed. Every opportunity they had, they, they came against Israel. and In the end, they were destroyed. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. Edom was judged with the same judgment with which they wanted for Israel. So now, going into chapter 36. Chapters 36 and 37 are an a amazing prophecy and a tremendous picture of Israel's future restoration as a nation. Maybe some of the most profound prophecies about the future restoration. Of Israel, and, as I said at the beginning we 're only going to do part of chapter thirty six we 'll we'll finish the chapter and maybe get into chapter thirty seven next time because there 's just so much here that i don 't want to race through it for the sake of time, but again, these are some of the most extraordinary prophecies in the book of Ezekiel about the restoration of israel remember as as ezekiel 's writing this. The nation's been conquered. The, the nation has been destroyed. All of the cities are destroyed and in ruins. Jerusalem is destroyed. The temple's destroyed. All of the people are in captivity. And, and Babylon, everything's in ruins. But now the sovereign Lord speaks about a future restoration. A future Restoring. Chapter 36 begins with a prophecy concerning the mountains of Israel. It's a vivid contrast to the prophecy in chapter 35 that we just looked at with Mount Seir. Mount Seir will be desolate perpetually, and the mountains of Israel will blossom with life. Verse 1 says, And you, son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel, and say... Oh, mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. And I want you to note here, God is speaking to the land of Israel. He's speaking to the land of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, Because the enemy has said of you, Aha! The ancient heights have become our possession. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God, Because they made you desolate... They swallowed you up on every side. Remember, all of the neighbors of Israel were against Israel. We saw that earlier in Ezekiel. They swallowed you up on every side so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations and you are taken up by the lips of talkers and slanderers by the people. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Hear the word of the sovereign Lord who has all power, all authority. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys, the desolate wastes, and the cities that have been forsaken, which became plunder and mockery to the rest of the nations all around. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy against the rest of the nations and against all Edom who gave my land to themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy and spiteful minds in order to plunder its open country. God spoke against Edom and all the nations who sought to take the land of Israel for themselves and, and wanted to plunder the country, and they did. Uh, they set themselves against the Sovereign Lord God and his purposes They're, they set themselves against god 's plan they 're never going to prevail. remember i 'll bless those who bless you i 'll curse those who curse you I mean you, you, you can go through history, you know going back to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, book of exodus, uh, and you you can go all through history all the way up to modern time. And the number of empires and kingdoms and nations and dictators who came against the people of God. Who are gone, but the people of God are still here.
0: We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to
1: extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website, again, is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message.
1: The Jewish people are still here. You're not just... You're not just those, those kingdoms and dictators and kings and pharaohs, they're like, not just fighting against the Jewish people. They're fighting against God's plan. The Sovereign Lord... I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. So here God says in the, you know, in the first five verses, he said, hey, all, all these nations, they came against you to plunder you. Therefore, verse six, prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say, notice, to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy, and my fury, because you have borne the shame of the nations. And I want you to note here that these prophecies about the future restoration of Israel are tied explicitly to the geographical land of Israel. God speaks to the mountains and the hills and the rivers and the valleys up in verse four. He also added the desolate wastes and the cities that have been forsaken. He's speaking about the land. He's speaking about the geographical physical land of Israel. Now, why do I point that out? Because there are some who say the Jewish people don't have any right to the land of Israel today. There, there are some who say that the prophecies concerning the future of Israel have nothing to do with the geographical land of Israel, that there's no connection. But you can see here, God is clearly talking about the physical land of Israel in this prophecy. In chapter 37, that we'll get to next time, He's going to talk about the rebirth of the nation in the last days in that land. Yes, it's connected to the land. Absolutely, it's connected to the land. This whole chapter is all about the land, the physical land. There's a doctrine that is popular in some churches known as replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel. Uh, You know, the the, uh, replacement theology rose in part because people would look at chapters like Ezekiel chapter 36 that's talking about the physical land of Israel and they could not see any way that the nation of Israel could be reborn again as a nation as it is today. So they just concluded that, well, it can't be talking about physical Israel, physical rebirth or literal rebirth of the nation. It must be speaking figuratively about the church and all these promises about the land and Israel and rebirth and fruitfulness, it must actually be referring to the church because there's no possible way that it could be literal. 1948, there's the rebirth of the nation of Israel. It is literal. So God now, He he looks with compassion on Israel in verse 6, and He says, "You, You have borne the shame of the nations. Speaking of the Jewish people, you've borne the shame of the nations. And this has been true throughout the history of the Jewish people, not just in Ezekiel's day. They've borne the shame of the nations throughout history, even to modern times. Therefore, now watch what God says in verse 7. Thus says the Lord God, thus says the sovereign Lord, I have raised my hand in an oath. How often have you seen God do that in the scriptures? God raises His hand you know, and puts His other hand on the Bible <laughs> and makes an oath. And look what He says. I have raised My hand in an oath that surely the nations that are around you shall bear their own shame. God raises His hand and He makes an oath to Israel, to the Jewish people, and God promises here He will vindicate Israel. He will vindicate the Jewish people for the shame they have suffered from the nations of the world. I swear, I give you my oath, that I will vindicate you. And the nations who came against you, they will bear their shame for their mistreatment of the Jewish people throughout history. Now, God will fulfill this oath ultimately at the end of the tribulation period when Jesus Christ returns and he judges the nations for their mistreatment of Israel. But again, we can go through history and you can look at every kingdom, every empire, every nation, every dictator that has come against God's people. And they're gone. They're gone. They've been judged. Now, verse 8, watch what he says in verse 8. But you, O mountains of Israel, again, he's talking to the land, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, or for my people Israel, for they are about to come. Now, this is a very important prophecy in verse 8. You should highlight it in your Bible. Here's what God God says here and what He's going to talk about for the rest of this chapter and then leading on into chapter 37. God will restore the land of Israel again and make it flourish, pledging that the mountains of Israel will grow trees and produce fruit. That He's going to make it a fruitful land again. Remember at this point, the land's desolate. It's been wiped out. It's destroyed. It's in ruins. All the cities are in ruins. There's nobody living in the land. There's only this small, you know, number of people that the Babylonians left behind. Most of the population is in Babylon in captivity. And, and here God says, I will make the land fruitful again. The land will yield fruit to my people. Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, that he will restore the land and make it flourish and make it fruitful. Now, this prophecy is being fulfilled literally in in our day. If you travel to Israel today, you see beautiful forests, you see farms, you see orchards throughout the land. The land is yielding fruit. You can Google it, and you can see pictures of the land, and how green it is, and how fruitful it is. Now, I want, some of you know this, but some of you may not know this. In, in um, 1866, so 150 years ago, not that long ago when you're talking about the Bible, right? 150 years ago, Mark Twain traveled to the land of Israel and he described the landscape as rocky, bare, repulsive, and dreary with hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. He said, listen to what he said, even the olive tree and the cactus, those fast friends of a worthless soil had almost deserted the country. When Mark Twain traveled to Israel in the 1860s, just 150 years ago or so, when he went there, he he, he said there's nothing growing there. Not even cactus are growing in the land. It's desolate. It's in ruins. It's barren. In 1948, when Israel became a nation again, again, 1948, that's not that long ago. When Israel became a nation again, only 20% of Israel's land was suitable for farming. Only 20%. Today, more than 60% of the land is used for farming. Today, Israel produces 95% of its own food. Now, some perspective for you, the United States produces 85% of its own food. So that means we import 15% of our food. Israel produces 95% of its own food. Israel is one of the largest exporters of fruit in the world. A few years ago, I don't know where it is on the list now, I think it was number three. The number three exporter of fruit. I don't know if it still is. Israel exports flowers to Holland. And remember... Remember, 150 years ago, Mark Twain said, Cactus don't even grow there. Nothing grows there. It's dreary. Since 1901, 250 million trees have been planted in the land of Israel. Making Israel the only country in the world with a net gain of trees in the 20th century. Me how I know and I say than the finest crystal
0: We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible, and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website CalvaryEC.com or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. And we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth.
1: I see the signs and I recognize the